Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Yo, what's going on, Rush Nation? We've got a real special guest lined up for you today, but it is Murph and I in the studio once more. Big man, how are you? Yeah, doing really well, mate. Thanks. How about yourself? Yeah, really excited. Buzzing for today's guest. Let me introduce you, Rush Nation. Next, Jen, stats analyst for DirecTV's Fantasy Zone and writer for the MYDN Sports and The Athletic. It's James Coe, everybody. James, welcome to Five Yard Rush. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate the time, man. Um, It's great to be on the podcast and uh, talk a little football. Let's do it. Yeah, well, we never stop talking. So to have you on is awesome. I remember listening to you when you were on NFL Fantasy Live and I follow you on Facebook and the stuff you do for Next Gen. Next gen stat. That is a real tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how often do you have to say that? Uh, I say it probably 10 times a day, <laughs> to be honest with you. But but yeah, man, uh, you know, it, it warms the heart to, to hear, um, you know, people speak so fondly of, uh, of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast from back in the day and uh and i certainly miss it uh there's no question but it's great to jump on other people's podcasts and, and kind of share um all the knowledge and all that stuff so uh more than happy to be uh, a part of your program well we really appreciate that um yeah you, you do some amazing work i'm a big fan of next gen stats and uh and, and the work you do um you, you share so much information on twitter as well which is which is brilliant in fact i am um, 
we do sort of a, a stats, a quirky stats segment at the end of our podcast when the season's on. So I tend to cite next gen stats in there quite a lot. Um, mostly to do with total yards run. Like uh, I know Mitch Shabitsky's, he had like a 20 yard touchdown run where he ran about 85 yards to achieve the 20 odd <laughs> yards. So it's those kind of quirky things I, I absolutely love as a bit of a, a nerd and a geek. So yeah, I just really love the work that you do. So it's a, it's a real privilege to have you on. Yeah, I'm really, uh, like I said, I'm a big proponent of it and I'm always more than happy to share it. So, you know, a lot of the stats that are on, on, on next gen stats um, are not publicly available. Um, and that's just more of a, it's just a licensing thing. And, and sometimes I do feel bad about that. But uh, so, I mean, obviously I, I have access to stuff that is not necessarily available to the public, um, but I'm more than happy to share those things uh, online as well. And, and I try to give as much context uh, to some of these numbers as possible. And, you know, whenever somebody has questions about it, you know, and, and there always will be, um, uh, you know, I, I'm more than happy to engage and, and kind of have that conversation. No, we, we really appreciate it. And I'm sure you've got many people likewise who do, because I think the game now is has changed so much from um, just X's and O's and just um, sort of basic, even just fantasy football analytics. Analytics is really driving the change and growth in the sport and why more people are getting into it. So to get even further and deep dive into it, it's absolutely amazing now. I think um, where to start this off would be really good to perhaps describe to our listeners who perhaps are hearing the term next gen stats for the first time, um, explain a little bit about what they are and uh, why they're really important to, to pay attention to when, when they can get that information. Um, well, so next gen stats is, is basically a tracking data um, that is provided to the NFL and by the NFL. So basically there's tracking, you know, microchips planted into the shoulder pads um, of every single player and you know the the day it's 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 just like your personal fitbit or something you know it tracks speed it tracks distance what what makes next gen stats so interesting now is the fact that it is able to track relative distance so one chip how close is it to another chip and that's the real game changer um in all of this tracking data you know when we say Tyreek Hill runs, you know, 22 miles an hour, you know, is, is that predictive? Is that a predictive stat? No, right? It's just a, it's a stat where you're like, oh, wow, he ran really, really fast. But that doesn't really help me in terms of analyzing the game from a real life or from a fantasy perspective as well. Um, and, I, and I like to focus on the real life aspect of it. Uh, and I know I, I do the bulk of my work is um, fantasy related, but you know, just the real life aspects of it and just kind of talking, you know, it's the barroom conversations about football, the real life implications of things. Um, but it's the spatial relationships between these microchips that is the real game changer. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, there's plenty of stats, for example, separation stats, you know, how close is a wide receiver from his closest defender? And you get a real sense, a really good sense of how much separation um, a player is getting from his nearest defender. And so when a guy is, you know, you could say a guy is always open. Well, there's a difference between saying he's always open and he averages three yards of separation per target. You, you see what I'm saying? So it, it quantifies for the very first time things that were not quantifiable. And I think that's the real power behind next-gen stats. That's incredible. I, I knew quite a lot about it, but didn't realize it, it went into that that level of detail. And I guess for our um, 
listeners here in the UK, which is about 80% of our, our listenership. It's similar to what they've been doing in the Premier League in the last few years with what they call Opta, where, they, again, right. similar technology. And for the first time, you're starting to get measurements such as distance covered, average speed, um, all those sorts of things, which are providing really useful analytics, not just to punditry and understanding the game more, but actually to the teams and the sports science departments in those teams. So I guess just an extension of that, where did sort of next-gen stats kind of come from? And was it more driven by the teams and the franchises themselves for wanting this data to become better at what they do? Or was it more driven by the industry and uh, the want for more information or a combination of the two? Um, that's a, that's a interesting question. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, so I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but my, my thought is I think the league wanted it. A lot of teams didn't necessarily want it. And as a matter of fact, some teams still don't use the data, even though they're provided the data. Um, and there are certain teams, uh, like the San Francisco 49ers, for example, that use this data a lot. You know, um, I think the Patriots don't use it at all. Uh, I think the Patriots would just rather rely on their own. I mean, they have a very extensive scouting, you know, team themselves. And I think they would much rather uh, focus on that. Although that being said, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But uh, I know they were one of the slowest um most resistant teams to to using next gen stats. As a matter of fact, they they just resistant to other, you know, um, advanced analytics in general. They they tend to rely on their own stuff, and why the hell not? Because it has worked for them uh, <laughs> extensively. So I, I can understand that. So what what where was this technology driven by? You know, it's it's a little bit of a push and pull. You know, I, I think the league wanted the data, and then slowly as teams have you know, become more accustomed to it and, and started to understand what the data means. I think they've wanted it now. And then, you know, hopefully it provides a competitive advantage for those folks who, who use it well. I have, a, I have a question on next-gen stats, James. Do you think it's going to expose DK Metcalf as just a field stretcher who is a monster of a human being? <laughs> I, I, I don't. You know, he's obviously a size and speed freak um there is no question about it now he fights the ball a little bit you know he doesn't have the greatest hands in the whole world um now it it just all depends on expectations you know what are we expecting from the guy is he going to be des bryant no um you know but i mean there was a lot of for example there was a lot of comps to for Cortland sutton Uh, i think that's pretty fair but the guy just needs to to get some work in um and and who knows how he develops over time but certainly if you're getting this just raw material man and you just i mean any team should want to draft that and try to shape that and just give him all the coaching he needs to become just an absolute beast now he's got the physical traits to become des bryant he's got the physical traits to become julio jones but I don't necessarily know if he's going to get there because certainly he has a lot of work to do in terms of footwork, in terms of route running, in terms of just the ability to catch the ball in traffic. You know, I just don't think he's quite there yet, but the physical traits certainly are enticing. And if I'm an NFL team, I would absolutely pony up to draft that. Interesting. Interesting. Also, Murph started off with some next gen, but we ask all our guests how your 2018 fantasy season went. So, how did yours go? Did you win any championships? 
It was so bad. It was so <laughs> And people say to me, like, you do this for a living. How can you be so bad? And I'm like, <laughs> listen, man. I mean, look, there was one league where um, there are two leagues I'm in. Uh, that I well, I take that back. There's about six leagues I'm in, but there's two that I care about, um, and they're for high stakes, uh, relatively high stakes. And one of them is a 14 team auction PPR league, right? Well, when you have a 14 team auction league, you know it's not like it's not a snake draft format, right? So you're gonna there are certain guys that you are going to extend yourself for. Um, there are certain guys that you think, okay, this guy could really blow up. I will pay a little bit extra to go get him. But once you do that, you now take yourself out of the running of certain other players, right? So snake draft format's a little bit different because it's it, it really levels the playing field. Auction is you are left to your own devices. And if you and in a 14-team league, I mean, the margin for error, especially if you're playing with 13 other uh, high-level managers, the level – uh, the the margin for error is slim, um, so if you whiff on a pick, um, you're not you're probably not going to win. If you whiff on two picks, you're going to be in big trouble. If you whiff on three, you're just you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two guys that I whiffed on were Royce Freeman and Aaron Rodgers, and, and those are two guys that I wanted to pony up for, um, and just failed miserably. So, you know, and I will say this, 2018 was a, a, a really strange uh, year for quarterback play as well. Um, and I know, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, take quarterback late. That's what all the sharps say. Take quarterback late, take quarterback. It all depends. You know, if you're playing with four, like a 14-team league, first of all, quarterbacks have a greater premium. We had certain other settings that I won't get into that, that made quarterback uh, even more of a premium. But you can't tell me, that people were thinking, okay, Jared Goff is going to be, you know, a top three fantasy quarterback, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a record setter. I mean, come on. So it's a little bit different than saying, wait on quarterback. You can wait on quarterback with the hopes that you're going to get a top eight quarterback. You're not waiting on quarterback thinking I'm going to get a record setting MVP type performance. That's, that's different. And, and, and I think that's what made 2018 a, a little bit uh, a little bit odd in terms of the quarterback play was that there was just such a disparity. If you took quarterback early, you busted out, no question about it. Yeah, and I think the other one was the immense value you got off week one of the waiver wire. I know sometimes you get um, some real steals, but to get a guy like Philip Lindsay or George Kittle, which went who went undrafted in most leagues, right. and to pick them up in week one you're you're going from getting a guy who's going to be solid production which is what you'd normally get in the week one waiver wire to two absolute studs who finished in I mean George Kittle was you know the tight end two on the season and you know Philip Lindsay was was you know in the top 12 he was an RB1 so it's just nuts to see um those kind of players and, and that kind of thing it just doesn't happen so and there were a lot of outliers as well with tight end positions and every week about 10 tight ends go down and you ended up playing with guys you never would ever see on a fantasy roster anyway so right i mean going even going back a little bit let's go back like a week before the season started james connor um james connor was going 12 13th round double digit rounds and nobody i don't and and this is the truly disingenuous part about fantasy football that just drives me bananas 
people saying, oh, I drafted James Conner, so I deserve um, – I knew what I was doing. It's like, no, dude, calm down. Like, take a step back. Calm down. Because you did not – when you drafted James Conner in the 12th round, you did not expect to get a top five running back. <laughs> That's just that, – that is bananas. All the reports going into 2018 was that Lev was going to miss maybe two games. I mean, maybe six at most. Mm. Maybe six at most. But probably two games. He's probably just going to sit out a couple games, come back in, and, uh, and just do Lev Bell type things. And we knew – given Mike Tomlin's you know, history, that uh, he's just going to run one back out there. It's not going to be a, 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 a double back set. So, you know, even getting James Conner in the double-digit rounds and then scoring, you know, a top three running back for the first 10 weeks of the season, that's just, that's outrageous. You're getting MVP-type performances in double-digit rounds and or undrafted. George Kittle, Philip Lindsay, James Conner, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. I mean, the list goes on. It, it just, it was crazy how tilted it was in terms of if you got those three or four guys, you were set. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I had some success because I pivoted to those players early. I had a league I took, you know, James Conner in the last round and just on an insurance whiff, really. You hear the rumors, you think, well, he's worth a flyer in the, in the 16th round of a redraft right. league. Why not just take a punt? Worst case scenario, he goes week one, week two, or whatever it might be, and I've got decent production for a couple of weeks. Fine, I'll take that. Sure, but yeah, just it, it was it was nuts. We had a trade. It's a bit of a sore spot for no nope, for not, stocks because he uh, we're not talking he about traded it. me in a dynasty league, James Connor for Dante uh, Parker and a third round pick. Oh no, <laughs> we did it live on air as well. So it was a real sore point. Uh, he oh, gentlemen agreed, no. and we found out about Bell, and he honoured the agreement. I, so I I, yeah, it was before that we made the trade before the season, and then I said, "Well, let's wait until after week one." And lo and behold, Bell didn't turn up, and Connor was a stud, and I'd already sort of agreed it to Murph, so I couldn't back out because I would look even worse than than doing it. Well, good on you. I I, I applaud that, that for sure. Same, which is why we play in so many leagues together because uh, there is that honour there which is the kind of people you want to play with it's it's getting rarer and rarer but going back to sort of linking the two subjects now how do you use next gen stats to find sort of fantasy draft gems and maybe those sleepers and using some of the statistics to really uncover um you know that hidden talent where maybe not as late of the rounds we're talking but maybe those seven to ten rounds uh, where you can pick up a real steal um, there are certain guys that, um, for, for running back, there's a stat that I look at. Um, it's called yards gained after close. And again, I, I do apologize to those folks searching for this stat. It's just not publicly available. But there's a stat called yards gained after close. I, I want people to think of it kind of like yards after contact. So, you know, you know what yards after contact is. You, you know, a, a running back runs into a defender, sheds him off. How many yards does he gain on average after contact? Um, and, you know, it could be anything. I mean, a defender could, you know, try to arm tackle him and, and gets one hand on a thigh. And it's like, well, that's not going to stop him. But still, they still count those yards after contact. Similarly, yards gained after close. Again, just think about yards after contact. Instead of contact, now we're talking about one yard away. So when a defender gets to within one yard, um, and that's tackling distance, when a defender gets to within one yard, how many yards does a ball carrier get after uh, that 
little marker has has gone off. Um, that's kind of the that's kind of the one of the stats that I I really really focus in on uh, for running backs because it really measures how elusive a guy is. I just think this this stat is so much greater than yards after contact because the whole point is to not get contacted. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, you know, guys like LeGarrette Blunt might have a great yards after contact, but that's not a measure of elusiveness, right? Like, like Barry Sanders might not have great yards after contact. But what are you going to tell me? He's not elusive? So it, the whole point is to not get contacted, and that's what yards gained after close kind of measures. You know, it's like when a defender gets close, how many yards can you get after that defender gets close to you? Um, and the league average, by the way, is last year was uh, 3.9 yards gained after close. So anything below that is kind of, you know, below average and anything above that above average. So, uh, league average 3.9. There are certain guys that pop, right. That might have like a five or six yards gained after close, but didn't get a ton of touches. And so when I see that, then I go back and look at the game tape and and try to determine, okay, well, what's the deal here? A big guy for me last year was, um, Austin Eckler, uh, who was one of the top, you know, I think it was a top five in this metric. Alvin Kamara, by the way, last year was top, uh, top two or three in this metric. Aaron Jones, is is top you know five in this metric as well so those are guys where you you know you look at that and say okay i'll, I'll take austin eckler in in the double digit rounds 100 percent, absolutely i was caping up so hard for austin eckler this offseason uh i was practically his agent i mean that's that's how bad uh i, I wanted eckler in my leagues and and it proved to be pretty pretty fruitful you know the guy in ppr leagues was still uh uh, even with limited touches a very good asset uh to own and he certainly outperformed his his adp then there's on the other side you know i look at guys who are below average in that metric but still scored a lot of fantasy points and there's a lot of red flags um and i this is going to absolutely stun some people and i know people will say okay they're going to hear this and say okay well this stat is trash (laughs) but for me i look at christian mccaffrey who by the way uh, i graded out as in terms of next gen stats i graded out as my top performing running back uh in 2018 so you know people are going to say well wait a second now you graded him as your top next gen stats running back how are you going to say this guy is going to be uh, a bust next year it comes down to this. It comes down to draft price. And quite honestly, CMC is probably going to be either the number one, two, or three pick. There's just no way around it. How, how are you not going to take Christian McCaffrey one, two, or three? It's impossible. Um, and I just think at that price, he comes with a lot of red flags. His yards gained after close, again, league average 3.9, Christian McCaffrey 3.8. Um, I look at his yards per carry versus loaded boxes. Uh, again, league average 3.9, his average 3.8. Um, it's, these are, these are numbers that are a little bit concerning, uh, for me. And then, and then again, I, I also kind of sort of take a look at, um, areas where I think he may have, of, you know, uh, outperformed his, um, I, look, he basically in, inside the, in between the tackles, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry. And a lot of that is based on 
not really him generating the yards, but mostly his off. I went back and, and looked at it. There's also a next-gen stat that measures this as well, but I won't bore everybody with that. But bottom line is he averaged 5.2 yards per carry in between the tackles. I just don't think, looking back at the game tape and looking at the numbers, I just don't think that's a sustainable number. Um, I think his rush yards will come down. I think that offense will, will come back to earth as well. And I, just don't, I, I just don't see CMC kind of providing that value at, at one, two, or three. Again, if he were in the back half of the first round, of course, slam dunk, no-brainer, you take that because of PPR. Uh, especially in non-PPR, though, I, I, again, 107 receptions. I mean, come on. We, we got to think that that's going to come down too, right? I mean, there's just no way. I mean, that's a record-setting number of receptions for a running back. I mean, that's got to come down. That's got to come down. Um, and if that's the case, I just, I just, I wonder if he comes with some downside risk that I would probably would be wary to, to absorb with the, with the top three overall selection. That's just, that's just my thought. Interesting. Does, does next gen cover college ball as well? It does not. Uh, and again, because it's the microchips are planted inside the shoulder pads. This is not some random, you know, $8 an hour intern, you know, <laughs> checking boxes plus one minus one. Uh, now this is very technical, very scientific, you know, um, so the, the organization needs to agree, uh, needs to agree to allow the, 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 the tracking chips to be implanted into the pads. And obviously they don't have that agreement in college, uh, not to say that that won't happen in the future. Just, I just don't see any plans for it in the near future. Um, and the NFL right now is the only area where you can find, uh, that precise data. Yeah, I just wondered because obviously Devin Singletary didn't have a great combine, but when you watch his college tape and stuff, it takes three or four guys sometimes to bring him down, and that might measure quite well on the stat you were talking about earlier, yards after the stat that's like yards after contact, where right. he, he might gain a few more yards. I liked Devin Single. I mean, I liked Devin Single. I just I wasn't in love with him. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that I don't know if his game translates into the NFL. We'll see. I, I mean. Uh, it's so hard to project some of these guys from college into the pros. For example, I, I, full disclosure, I thought Alvin Kamara was going to bomb. I, I really did. Um, a backup at, at Tennessee, you know, I look at the game, game tape and I'm thinking, okay, this patient run style is just not going to work. He's, you know, in, in the NFL. And I was just dead wrong. I mean, he's like water running downhill. He just finds cracks and he's gone, you know, and, and he did that in college, and I thought it wasn't going to work in the pros, and I was completely and totally and utterly wrong. And now I am a huge Alvin Kamara fan. I think everybody is. It's hard not to be. <laughs> right. So what to you was the most surprising next-gen stat last year? Um, boy, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure, you know. Um, I mean, there, there are certain guys that surprised me. I, I think Philip Lindsay is certainly somebody – um, that any way you slice his metrics, he was just an absolute beast uh, in between the tackles, outside the tackle. I mean, you look at Philip Lindsay, you're thinking, okay, five, what is he, five, eight, five, nine, 170 pounds? You're thinking, you know, what is he, 185, maybe 180 pounds, maybe 185 soaking wet. I don't know. He's tiny, though. The guy is sub 200, you know, sub 510, and just an absolute workhorse. This guy is an absolute beast. And, and again, it doesn't matter what metric you look at. In between tackles, outside the tackles, loaded boxes, yards gained after close. Every metric, this guy is a beast. 
Um, you know, I look at you look at this metric: yards per carry versus loaded boxes. So he's saying eight or more defenders in the box. 6.5 yards per carry versus loaded boxes. League average at 3.9. Wow. How is that? I mean, I just it, – it's stunning. Stunning what this guy is doing on the ground. And I'm a true believer uh, in what this guy does. And then on top of that, he can catch passes. And on top of that, he's got breakaway speed. I mean – this dude is the real deal. I hope he comes back healthy, um, and all the reports sound like he's going to be, you know, good to go uh, by the time season starts. He might miss a little bit of training camp, obviously, uh, but hopefully, 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 uh, we will get him at the very start uh, of the season. But, but certainly, um, you know, just from a, you know, a fantasy and real life perspective, hope to get him back healthy. Yeah, it'd be great to see in uh, in twenty nineteen how he performs. That's for sure. I think what I love about next gen, I kind of already said this, is it's the, the, it's just the data that you wouldn't see anywhere else, and 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 sort of the really quirky stats I mentioned, the the Mitchell Trubisky stat. What would you say was the most surprising? I'm not necessarily looking for like most outlandish like that one, but what was the most surprising um, stat result that you saw last year using next gen? Um, Again, it, I, you know, there's so much data. People don't people don't realize how much data. I mean, literally, I could probably spend eight hours on one game breaking down um, next gen stats. You know, there's linebacker data, there's defensive end data, there's offensive line data. Um, I mean, I only f- focus on running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks. I, I mean, there's a whole other you know litany of stats that you could use on the defensive side of the ball as well. And I really start to get into that a little bit last year. So um, one of the, one of the areas where, and again, by the way, look, I I know I'm, you know, saying a lot of stuff that, you know, people aren't going to be able to find. If you follow me on Twitter, I swear to God, I will answer whatever questions you have. I will, you know, I love talking about this stuff. I'm an absolute nerd about this stuff. I hope the listeners can like, can get a sense. Like I love talking about this stuff, man. Um, so I will, I'll talk to anybody about it. Uh, and not only that, but I also release a ton of data, uh, on Twitter as well. God, I hope I'm allowed to do that. I, I never even thought about that, but I do it anyways. So screw it. Uh, and I, and I think it's, um, and I think it's important for, you know, people to kind of understand the data and to truly accept it. But going back to your question, um, some of the stuff that I got into last year was, you know, matchup data in terms of areas of the field. So, you know, it might be like San Francisco versus Arizona. Arizona's really tough uh, on the, you know, on the, the short, uh, on the short right side of the field, gives up no yards. Um, or it might be, or it might be something like uh, Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle did not give up a single, maybe they gave up one, but I don't think they gave up a single touchdown to a slot receiver last year. Not one. And it, or if it was one, maybe it was one, but it was it was either one or zero. But I know going into week fifteen, they gave up none, um, and, and so just kind of looking at that defensive data and saying, okay, well, Seattle hasn't given up any any touchdowns to slot receivers. Okay, well, who's there? Who's the slot receiver they're going up against? And then kind of you know working backwards um, and 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 doing it from a fantasy perspective that way. Um, and saying, well, this guy's on red alert because, um, you know, they didn't give up a touch. They haven't given up a touchdown. They've also give up not 
they, they also don't give up a lot of yards. They also don't give up a lot of receptions to the slots. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner was just wiping out the middle third of the field. So, you know, it's areas where defensively you could say, okay, statistically they've given up, you know, this, that, or this other thing. Um, and, and just kind of working backwards from there. By the way, it, it's stuff like Janoris Jenkins, right, where you're saying, okay, Janoris Jenkins is a good good player, right? Well, you know, he is a good player. But, you know, last year he gave up a ton of yards, ton of receptions, um, and, and it's because the defense was just – I just don't think they cared, right? It, it, you look at the body language and you look at the effort level from the Giants defensively last year and it just wasn't there. And so, you know, you might say, oh, well, you, you should fear Janoris Jenkins. No. You shouldn't because he was terrible last year. Marshawn Lattimore rated as – this is a shocking one. Marshawn Lattimore, who I think is a tremendous player, Marshawn Lattimore graded out as my worst performing cornerback last year according to the next-gen stats. Gave up a ton of receptions, ton of yards, super high completion percentage, um, and just wasn't that effective of a football player last year. And I still think he's a good football player. Uh, but for whatever reason, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the, the other secondary pieces were, were a little bit of a disaster. You know, they stabilized a bit when they got Eli Apple as their second corner. Um, but for much of the year, Marshawn Lattimore just wasn't good. Uh, and so, you know, if you were kind of worried about Marshawn Lattimore last year, at, if you had a wide receiver going against Marshawn Lattimore, it just, there was just no statistical basis in it. You know what I mean? So other than reputation. And that's what next-gen stats, I think, eliminates. It eliminates reputation. Um, and guys who are just getting by on, on reputation, you know, from a, from a fantasy standpoint, saying, oh, I'm scared of this guy, or I'm scared of this matchup, or, you know, or, or you know, uh, Cincinnati, you know, is, is tough on the edges. No, they're not. They're terrible, right? So I think it – and the, the reverse is true, too. It's like, oh, this – you know, it might be like Indianapolis has a soft secondary. No, Indianapolis secondary was tough, 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 tough last year. Um, and all the statistics would back that up. And, and next-gen stats, um, I think, for the very first time, other than getting some random PFF grade, is showing you statistically what these guys are doing. Yeah. I, I, you, it's so true though like Marshawn Lattimore take especially I watched him week one and Mike Evans took him to school um, and it wasn't the only time that season he was really shown out and what's great is the statistics now are backing up what you see on the field but with such great detail that you can really take away um, so much so it's not just a case of seeing what's happening but understanding why it's happened and how it continues to repeat because I, I guarantee you now, Marshall Lattimore is going to have a much better 2019 than he did in 2018 because someone is going to have a look at the data and he's going to work on that in the off-season, in training camps, etc. And he's going to improve. How much so, we'll see. But it would be the hope that a player like that would, would look at this and, and, and learn from it. And I think that's the whole basis of having um, statistical, statistical analytics like this. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's that's what I love about it. You know, it just... The, a lot of these are just stone cold facts. Like now, and don't get me wrong, a lot of it needs content. 
context. And, you know, the contextualizing these stats is very, very important. And, and I agree with that. You know, I, I'm not one of these people in, and listen, man, <laughs> I am, you know, the biggest proponent of next gen stats, but even I am not going to sit here and tell you that these stats don't need context that they're just, you know, the numbers are the numbers. This is not the case. Um, there are so many things at play when you're talking about a team game, 11 on 11, <laughs> there's a lot of different moving parts, man. Um, so, you know, these numbers do need context. And, um, but that being said, um, that being said, that, you know, there, there are certain numbers that I look at and say, okay, well, this is a, a real good indicator of, you know, the guy's explosiveness on the field, you know, ineffectualness, you know, where this guy excels, where he doesn't excel, things like that. What's really cool about this data, man, is the fact that you can really split it apart by areas of the field. And we're talking, you know, um, outside the numbers, in between the numbers, in between the hashes, outside of 10 yards, outside of 15 yards, outside of 20 yards, outside of 20 yards on the outside fifth of the field. I mean, you can, as granular as you want to make it, you can make it. Um, and, and next gen can, can handle that. That's, what's really cool is that there is no limit truly, uh, to what this data can give you. Um, and I get really excited working with these, these numbers, uh, each and every day. So, um, yeah, I I mean, even talking to you guys, I, I I feel like I got to get back in the lab. I got (laughs) to get back in the lab, check out some of these numbers, look at some of this matchup data. Uh, and start getting ready for 2019. That's what I got to do, man. It it sounds, James, like there's enough data for you come, to come back on the podcast and do another podcast with us. Oh, yeah, 100% for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I would love, you know what, man? I would love to just do my do a, a next-gen stats podcast myself. Uh, that would just be amazing. Uh, but, yeah, no, listen, uh, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun uh, for me to kind of get these numbers out there and the conversation starts with the contextualizing of the numbers. That's really where it happens. You know, that's where the conversation piece is. The conversation is not the numbers. You know, if I tell you, you know, oh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, has, you know, Michael Thomas is averaging 2.6 yards of separation when lined up out wide. That's not, I mean, it's like, you got to understand why that's happening. And that, that's the real conversation piece for me. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun uh, for me anyways to, to kind of talk about this stuff. Oh, well, you can tell from the tone you take and, and how we've just sat here. Normally we butt in and interrupt and, and talk ourselves, but we've literally sat here on 10 Turks listening to what you said. So it's, it's awesome, and We would love to have you back on. But would you like to plug yourself, James? Let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and Facebook and, and where you're working. Oh, at. yeah, absolutely. Find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at James D. Coe, and the last name is spelled K-O-H, so James D. Coe. Um, and you know, I, I write for the athletic, you can find me there. I write for athletics fantasy side. Uh, I, I, I picked up a job as uh, as a columnist for the New York daily news, which is non fantasy related, which is great. Um, I was really looking for work that was not fantasy related because I just like football, you know, <laughs> and it's like people have like, think like, that's all I do is talk fantasy. It's like, no, I, 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 I like talking regular football too. Uh, and so I'm writing a, a column for the New York Daily News now, which is which is good and fun. Uh, my next column should be out um, a few days after the draft. Uh, yeah, and just you know, like I said, if you go on Twitter and search the hashtag Next Gen Stats, 
you will find my work all over the place. And I give charts, I give data, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there uh, in regards to next gen stats. And sometimes I kind of go a little overboard with my threads, but uh, people seem to enjoy them. So I don't know what the hell, you know, it's, information is information and, I, and I'm trying to give it out for free. And, and I try to be as transparent about the process as possible. Again, I'm not one of these, you know, uh, analysts that's saying, you know, um, that's, you know, in the back rooms working and, you know, all of a sudden I come out with some grade or score. It's like the, the process is at least I try to be as transparent as possible about the process. So, um, that's where I'm at, man. So find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram too. Same thing. James D co, uh, got it all, got it all in one spot. So if you guys want to follow me anywhere, uh, feel free to do so. Awesome. I well, definitely recommend it. The data is brilliant. You're brilliant. You answer so many questions. So if people aren't already following, then this should be the point of action now to uh, get better at what you do, not just from a fancy perspective, but from understanding the game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, James, Massively appreciate you coming on. Cannot wait for you to come back on to Five Yard Rush. It's been our pleasure to have you on. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me, man. I, I really do. Uh, it's actually the first off-season podcast uh, that I've done, I realized. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I appreciate you guys letting me ramble on. I know I was a little long-winded on some of these answers, but uh, but I appreciate you guys uh, giving me the time. Oh, no, James, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned, I've learned more in the last 40, 45 minutes than I've done in the last week or so. So uh, <laughs> to be honest, That's great. to keep me quiet, it's quite a chore. So you can tell how much I was taking in, and uh, it's just unbelievable. We're so gracious of time, and, and we believe in keeping football live 365. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely get you on before the start of the season to talk more. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, James, it's been a pleasure. No. I'll see you next week. But Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. 